Welcome to the Guhe. In this episode, I'm chatting with Dave Shantz, a Department of Defense or DOD SkillBridge program and credentialing expert. He is the first non-commissioned sailor to appear on the Guhe podcast. Dave served 20 years in the Navy, retiring as a Petty Officer First Class. A sonar technician by trade, Dave served in various training, instructor, and departmental management roles. He was the Deputy Program Manager of Command-Wide Training for USS Fort Worth, LCS-3, USS Freedom, LCS-1, and other anti-submarine warfare or ASW detachments. Throughout his career, Dave trained peers and subordinates on the basics of sound propagation, sound characteristics, acoustic analysis, sonar system capabilities, and classified information management. He created training curriculum and testing requirements for the Navy's newest and most capable sonar suite, ensuring future warfighters were well prepared to defeat threats posed by enemy submarines. In the last year of his Navy career, Dave participated in the DOD SkillBridge program. He spent six months as an intern working in three different offices for General Dynamics Information Technology, or GDIT, where he got a chance to learn about roles that best suited him. Upon retirement from the Navy, Dave joined GDIT as a full-time employee. Following a year into his initial role, he was selected for his current role as the leader and chief administrator of GDIT's DOD SkillBridge program. Dave is a self-taught DOD SkillBridge champion. He is passionate about helping transitioning military service members and leaders at industry-leading companies learn about and effectively implement the DOD SkillBridge program. In his spare time, he is the administrator and chief information officer for the DOD SkillBridge Community of Practice, a LinkedIn group helping military service members learn about internships and apprenticeship opportunities that may lead to a full-time role. I didn't know anything about DOD SkillBridge, but I'd always see it on LinkedIn. So I invited Dave here to give us the guhe on what DOD SkillBridge is and what it can do for you. Let's get started. Dave Shantz, welcome to the Guhe. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Dave, you and I met on LinkedIn. I kept seeing your posts in my feed. I started seeing that term DOD skill bridge, which stands for Department of Defense Skill Bridge. But I don't know what it means. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's about. So let's start from the beginning. What is DOD skill bridge? That's a great question. Thank you. The DOD SkillBridge program allows active duty transitioning service members the ability to take part in an unpaid internship or apprenticeship with the company of their choosing for up to 180 days with the high likelihood of being employed at the end. Basically, in a nutshell, it's like a train to hire program where companies have a need for something and then service members have a desire to learn that or want to get better in that field. They're going to receive training for free from a company. Then if they do well, the company gets to hire them. Wow. What's the target audience? Who is it for? Initially, SkillBridge began as a program to support those service members that had military jobs that didn't best translate into the civilian sector, like infantry. In the Navy, we have what's called bosun mates, the ship drivers. Those that don't really have a lot of skills that are given to them by the service to prepare them for civilian life. Initially, SkillBridge was targeted for them. Really, it just took off. Now it's available to any service member to include, as of January 11th of 2021, Coast Guard, National Guard, and Reservists are also eligible to participate in SkillBridge. Now, as far as your question, targeted audience, there isn't one. 
Okay. Anybody. So an admiral from the Navy is just okay. as eligible to take part in Skillbridge as a E1 from the Air Force. It's across the board. That's really what I was wondering about. I graduated from the Naval Academy, so I'm an officer. I was wondering whether this program was just targeted at enlisted personnel or were officers included. I appreciate you answering that. There's a lot of demand out there for skills and talent. It sounds like your program is one that could be a new source for recruiters. Maybe they just need to learn about it. But let me ask you this. You talk about people who are currently in the military transitioning. Well, I'm a veteran. I've been out for 24 years. Could I participate in the DOD Skill Bridge program? Unfortunately, no. The program is geared towards transitioning service members because they are still getting paid by the DOD. Right. So the Department of Labor no longer wants to see any unpaid internships. Companies were taking advantage of that free labor for far too long, and it doesn't really set the person up for success. During the Skillbridge time, the member is still active duty, so they're still collecting all of their pays, benefits, and allowances from the military yep. while being temporarily assigned to an industry-leading company. Isn't that stressful for the military command? Aren't there commanding officers out there who say, well, why would I let go someone to go work just to benefit them when I'm short personnel as it is? That's the biggest reason of why I see denials. When service members are interested in SkillBridge, their commanding officer has the ability to approve or deny their participation. The biggest reason for denial is because of manning. Our military needs to maintain readiness and, and availability and, and continue to be that fighting force. When commanding officers have the ability to let their service members go, they're highly encouraged to do so. If the command just can't support it, unfortunately, they just can't support it. What the Army does is they are the only branch who will backfill a unit with that specific job. If an Army unit lets a tank driver go with enough time, the commanding officer can reach out to Big Army and let them know that they're letting a tank driver of this rank go. The Army activates a a National Guardsman or a reservist to backfill that position. So that way the manning issue is taken off the table. The only thing that's missing there is really the camaraderie with the unit. Why would a commanding officer let him go? If you're a leader, that's part of your job. Your job is to make your unit ready to be a fighting force or support whatever this nation needs. But secondly, you got to look out for your people. The third reason is because eventually that leader is going to be also transitioning. Everybody transitions from the military at some point in time. Right. So it's just a responsible thing to do. Let your people set themselves up for success. Skillbridge is by far the best program that I've ever seen to allow service members to do that. However, it's not the only program. I don't want service members to get wrapped up and think that if they get denied for a Skillbridge opportunity, their life is over or they're not going to successfully transition. There are many other programs. I do think that Skillbridge is the best. Of course. And hopefully commanding officers are able to afford that opportunity. I notice in your title, you list yourself as a DOD SkillBridge champion. What led to you becoming a DOD SkillBridge champion? And really, what does it mean to be a champion? My own transition story, I heard about SkillBridge for the first time in March of 2019. I was kind of on the fence whether I was going to get out or stay in. And I started investigating it. I came across a third-party for-profit company that is approved to be a SkillBridge vendor. And I tried working with them to learn more about the program and see what opportunities were out there. They turned out to be a complete disaster. They really were. While I was waiting for them to do the job they said they were going to do, I educated myself. The DOD instruction is 10 pages long. The Navy instruction is another 10 pages long. It's very light reading. 
I educated myself on the Skillbridge program, decided to retire from the Navy, got a Skillbridge opportunity with the company that I work with now. I had a phenomenal time, never stopped talking about Skillbridge. Even after I was done with my Skillbridge opportunity and my company hired me, I never stopped talking about it. That's just how beneficial this program is. Right. I became the administrator for the DOD Skillbridge Community of Practice LinkedIn group. It's the only group that's around that really serves the community and allows recruiters from DOD-approved companies to target their audience for Skillbridge members. They have the ability to connect with each other. Every day, opportunities are shared in that group. I latched onto it. I love seeing the connections that were being made in the group. I love people asking me questions. Hey, what about this? What about this? And a lot of times I had the answers and a lot of times I didn't. It was just through my own learning, through my own love for, for helping people that I just grew into it. I don't charge anything for what I do. Wow. I meet with service members all the time. I host a live Q&A session on Thursdays because there's a lot of high level information being presented about Skillbridge, but nobody's really digging in the weeds to answer the service members' individual questions. Yeah. And so yeah. I love what I do and I meet with companies and share about the Skillbridge program and answer their questions. It's Skillbridge for me, you know, morning, noon, and night. I have it as a day job. I have, you know, <laughs> I have it as a hobby. That's amazing. Yeah. I see a lot of your posts out there. You're prolific on LinkedIn. You talked about the service member. You talked about how it could benefit the military. In other words, DOD Skillbridge is really alleviating a problem for the military, which is transitioning veterans not having a job after they leave the service and then causing more costs to the military because they'll have to continue to depend on military benefits. So I can see how it really helps. What I want to do is ask about the benefit to the companies that you're trying to get service members into. What kind of companies are in the program? What kind of companies have you signed up? In Skillbridge, there are small companies with less than 100 folks that are DOD approved. And yeah. then you have giants like any of the defense contracting companies, Amazon, GDIT, Lockheed Martin, all those big companies, they're Skillbridge approved. They have Skillbridge programs. And then everything in between. A lot of different industries are represented in the Skillbridge program. We've got IT, cyber, software engineering and development, leaf filter, gutter protection. They have this gutter protection system that you put on your gutters to ensure that they don't get clogged. So they yeah. hire- I you know, see the commercials all the time. And, yeah. <laughs> yep, and regional managers and agriculture. Any department that is equal to the DOD or government agencies are automatically approved. We wow. have all of that government work that's also available. All of those sub agencies under, let's say, the Department of Homeland Security, they are also approved. A lot of government jobs are available to it. There's nothing that's off the table as of right now. Well, excuse me, I would say possibly marijuana. I don't, right. I don't think that there's any marijuana companies <laughs> that, are, that are approved out there. Sure. Uh, times are changing. Maybe one day in the next year or so, that'll change. Sports industry is something that I'm looking to break into. Imagine being a Yankee fan and then getting out of the military and being able to intern with the New York Yankees, wow. the team that you grew up going to those games. So that's something I'm looking to do is help spread cheer and joy to Skillbridge across the, yep. the sports industry. You work for GDIT, as you yes, mentioned sir. earlier. This is sort of like a side hustle, but I think I heard you say you don't charge anything. I started my LLC and really I just got too busy with wanting to help service members. My LinkedIn DM, I get dozens of them a day and I feel bad not getting back to the service members. I put that on hold, but maybe I might be coming into some more time next year. 
I'm debating on whether or not I'm going to restart my LLC, getting companies on board, signed up, educating them, and then helping them build their programs. It's something that I love to do and everybody benefits. The service member benefits, the industry benefits. It's just a win-win all the way around. Yeah. You've mentioned this process that companies have to go through to get approved. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What does a company have to do to become a DOD SkillBridge approved company? On the SkillBridge website, there is an embedded form. It's on the industry partners slash employers link. When you get to that page, in the middle of the page, there'll be a pencil that says how to participate. Click on that pencil and that will bring up the form. It's a very short form, ask some very basic questions. You fill out that form. The company representative should receive an email, a generic email from the DOD within an hour of filling that form and submitting it. You should get a response right away. Within about 48 hours of that, that point of contact should receive a second email from the program office with a link to the questionnaire. And that questionnaire represents the bulk of the application. It's about 23 pages. It's not a very long 23 pages. So hopefully when people see it, they don't get overwhelmed. The DOD is really looking to learn about the company and what kind of opportunities the company wants to make available for service members. Like I said, from E1 to O10 are available. You can have entry-level positions all the way up to your C-level executives. Whatever the company wants to make available is what will be advertised on the Skillbridge page should they be approved. Recently, I was at a technology conference. What I heard from some industry-leading CIOs and CISOs is, There's a huge demand for senior level skilled IT personnel. They were looking for suggestions and different strategies and different ways to recruit and retain personnel. And when I raised my hand to talk about DOD SkillBridge, just gave a brief overview. Gosh, I thought I was in an ambush press conference. The folks came after me (laughs) (laughs) afterwards demanding your information. I passed on the information. Hopefully that will turn into a lot of new contacts for you. What are you doing, particularly for the Navy? I know they have an actual IT rating. Are you tapping into the military's source of IT personnel as well as cybersecurity? Are you tapping into those areas to try to meet this need that I saw at that conference? Absolutely. I'm currently building a program right now with GDIT focusing on cyberspace. There's about half a million cyber positions that are open in this country alone. We're looking to tap into that and help train. That's one of the great things about SkillBridge is we can take somebody who already has experience in the IT or cyberspace and continue their training to grow them in that field. Or we can take a Navy cook and teach them how to be a cyber analyst. And that's probably one of my most favorite things about SkillBridge is that most service members don't transition out to do the same thing out of service that they did while they were in service. There's always some kind of retraining or upskilling that occurs. Now that just happens with the SkillBridge program and it allows the service member to really dig into that industry, learn more about it, learn about that company and how they do that job, really be able to break into a new career field. I think it's absolutely extraordinary. That's what I like the most. You get an opportunity to learn the company's culture. You get an opportunity to see if you fit in to that culture. It's not always about the technical skills. Uh, Sometimes it's just a matter of fit. I've worked Mm -hmm. for companies where I just wasn't welcomed. And then I've worked other places where I felt perfectly at home. That's what I really think is a great benefit of DOD SkillBridge is that you get a chance to immerse yourself in the culture and say, either this is a place I want to be, or this isn't the type of people I want to work around. 
That's exactly true. And, and there was a statistic that I saw probably earlier on in 2020 from the Department of Labor that said upwards of 70% of transitioning service members leave their first job within the first year after right. they get out of the service. Right. And that tells me one of two things. Either A, the service member didn't lean into who they are and what they're about. Yeah. And so they just picked any job. Or the second thing is they got the right job with the wrong company. To talk about your point, right? Culture. Culture is a huge thing. If you got the right job and the money's good, but you can't stand your boss or the team that you're working with or the environment that you're in, how long do you want to stay there? You're right on it. You're hitting all the right stuff. Are there any stats on the DOD Skill Bridge program? In other words, are there any metrics that measure the success of the program? DOD expects at least 85% of the interns that are brought on for each company to be offered a full-time role. In order to stay eligible, there are some companies that their sole purpose is to train. They have no intention of employing the service member at the end. Those are going to be companies more like ones that are going to help you get some education or certifications. They're going to train you, but then they're also probably going to expose you to other companies that are in their network to say, we just trained this person to get Security Plus certified. You've got Security Plus opportunities. Would you like to hire this person? Mm -hmm. But most companies are held to the 85% standard rule. A company should not be taking on a service member unless they have a high likelihood of employing that service member at the end. In calendar year 2019, Skillbridge saw 8,300 participants. Wow. So out of the more than 200,000 transitioning service members each year that we see, Skillbridge had 8,300 participants in 2019. In 2020, even during a pandemic, we saw 14,600. I thought that was incredible with all that was going on in this country. This year, with the pandemic tapering off, businesses hopefully getting back to normal, I'm hopeful. And I got my fingers crossed for about 30,000. Yeah. I'd really love to see 30,000 hit this year. Do you have any help or is it just you? I am a Are company representative and I am the administrator for the DOD Skillbridge Community of Practice Group. There are almost 1,400 approved companies right now. Yeah. Every company will have their own Skillbridge representative, usually in their HR department. Okay. There are 1,399 more of you out there in the world today who are evangelizing and championing DOD Skillbridge. Is that right? Well, when you say it like that, you, you make me sound <laughs> so not special. Um, <laughs> You're special to me, Dave. <laughs> well, there should be. Okay. Um, but I do know that there are companies that are on the approval list, but really don't have an idea of how to run it or how to do it. There is somebody at the company assigned to be the representative, how vocal they are and how much they're championing. It differs per company. Some companies are more involved than others. Amazon was very big last year. Northrop Grumman was very big last year. Some companies just wrap their mind around Skillbridge. And whenever there's a new job created, they think, should this be Skillbridge eligible? When other companies are lagging behind and still trying to play catch up with how to efficiently utilize the Skillbridge program for their purposes. Does it take a long time for the company to get approved or certified to be a Skillbridge company? It's taking longer than it did in early 2020. The DOD, I think they do a phenomenal job with the resources that they have. They don't really have a whole lot of people running the show behind the scenes. Right now, they're receiving something between 50 and 70 companies requesting to join the Skillbridge program every week. They're receiving that many applications. They're not getting staffed to a level that will allow them a fast throughput. What I'm seeing is between three and eight weeks. 
when a company divulges more information on their application, I think it's easier for the DOD to process the information. There's going to be less back and forth, I imagine. The company's just giving more information up front. There is a lag compared to early 2020. Some companies were being approved in four days. Companies need to stay on top of DOD and make sure that not too much time goes by without communication with the DOD because of the way their system works. Be thoughtful, be proactive, and divulge all the information that you know to make the application process as easy for you and the DOD as possible. Dave, you are certainly an evangelist and a champion for DOD SkillBridge. I typically will focus on people like me who have been out of the military for some time. But when I met you and heard what you were talking about, I said I had to get you on because we also got to do something for those shipmates who are transitioning out. So I wanted to focus on that audience uh, with this episode and get the great information you have out there. With that in mind, for those folks who are still out there in the fleet and out there serving, but looking at transitioning out of the military, how should they reach out to you? How should they get in contact with you? The best way is definitely going to be on LinkedIn. I have completely transitioned my mindset. I check my LinkedIn messages way faster and more often than I do my email. Nice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You want to make a post to tag me, or you just want to reach out, send me a connection request with a note, or you want to drop into my LinkedIn DMs. That's going to be the fastest way to get a hold of me. I'd love to talk to any service members who have questions about SkillBridge. Look out for my posts on LinkedIn about my live Q&A sessions. I'd love to have you. We learn from each other. I answer a lot of the same questions over and over again. That's why I created this group format to kind of group people together and and make it easier for both myself and other people. I have that live Q&A session on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you very much. Well, I'll let you out on this one. I know we only met recently, Dave. There's a lot I don't know about you. I know you're onto something here with DOD SkillBridge, but Right now, I want to know something new. I want you to tell me something I don't know. I want you to make me say, is that right? I have helped thousands of members and the SkillBridge opportunity of their choice. And I have helped hundreds of companies either become approved or help them build their program. And you've done it all for free. All for free. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Dave, I greatly appreciate you being on the Hey, This was valuable information. I hope that lots of people reach out to you, and I hope that you continue to get transitioning service members into their dream jobs. This is an outstanding program. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, William. You're quite welcome. Go Navy. I want to give another big thank you to my guest today, and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, and more importantly, tell another shipmate to do likewise. The more shipmates are talking the more opportunities we will create for each other. For show notes on today's episode, please go to theguhe.com. Until next time, I'm William Jones. Keep chopping wood.